Great, we're on. Aaron Whitlock. You want to do it? That's fine. You go ahead. All right. Welcome back to the Mark Out Movie Podcast. This is Brendan Spivey with Aaron Whitlow. And Aaron, tell us what we're going to talk about today. Well, Brandon, this is a, a horror section selection from you. I didn't mean to make it rhyme, but it does. Uh, we are doing Children of the Corn from 1984. Yay. Uh, i go ahead and tell you uh, what the movie is about. Uh, according to IMDb, a young couple is trapped in a remote town where a dangerous religious cult of children believes everyone over the age of 18 must die. Uh, it is directed by Fritz Kurtz uh, as writers of Stephen King. Stephen King's the writer plus George Goldsmith and it stars Peter Horton and Linda Hamilton as Vicky and um, that is who is in the movie. Go ahead and let us know the uh, numbers. All right, the numbers are, <laughs> it's got a 5.7 out of 10 on IMDb, 35% on Rotten Tomatoes with the audience score of 40, uh, 45% like it on Metacritic, and 79% like this movie on Google. So, okay. There you go. There you go. Those are the numbers, all right. Yeah. Um, Aaron is so enthused today. He sounds like me in my solo reviews. <laughs> I do. I, I think I've been, uh, this is Freaky Friday. I've switched place with Brandon. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, I'll be right back. All right. I'll just keep talking here as I drink my Dr. Pepper. So Aaron is so excited about today. Yeah, we're going to have two different views on this movie, apparently. Um, that's okay. That's all right. I'm sure Aaron's going to edit this out since he's no longer in the picture. <laughs> but, uh, hey, it is what it is. Uh, so, oh, here he comes. He's coming back. So he's returning. He's returning from the dead. Like a George A. Romero haunting classic from Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> what happened? What, what's going on? What I walk back on? <laughs> I said you're returning from the dead, like a George A. Romero haunting classic, Night of the Living Dead. I am. Uh, it's craziness today. All right, so um, this movie, uh, the film starts with uh, voiceover from one of the child actors in this film who pretty much narrates that... Uh, you know, it was a normal day. He left church. He didn't go to the meeting with uh, Malachi. Not Malachi, Isaac, right? Isaac. Yeah, he didn't go to the meeting with Isaac. His sister stayed home. So his mom would stay home with the sister. And um, the kids uh, pretty much did a mafia-style hit on all the parents, all the adults in this town. It seemed like all the adults was in this little diner just happened to be at the is this the only place that they go after church I guess in this town well I mean sure I'm sure there's other places Aaron but yeah that is that would be the main it's a small town yeah 
You ever been in one of those really small towns where there's only a diner? You know, that you can go and, you know, associate with each other? I have, actually. I have. I have been to one of these places. (laughs) It's in Elkton. I drove through them. Elkton. Never been. Um, yeah, they have an Elm Street. <laughs> well, we all have it. I have. We have an Elm Street. Oh, this Elm Street's uh, creepy, Aaron. <laughs> I think all Elm Streets are creepy, Brandon. But uh, I digress. So the murders of the parents via uh, coffee, poison, and good old fashioned throat slice, slicing and stabbing. At first, I thought about this. I was like, is this categorized as a slasher? <laughs> I thought this for a little bit. And then I'm like, no, it's not it's, it's not enough slashing for it to be considered a slasher. Maybe it is considered a slasher. So do you, would you categorize this movie as a slasher? No, I, I wouldn't. I would categorize this film as being a Stephen King horror, which is completely different from any other subgenre there is. So, so, so Stephen King horror is its own subgenre. It is. They they don't do it like Stephen. <laughs> I heard and something. Aaron's looking it. out the window, to see if any children of the corner coming after him. Yeah, I hope not. Maybe. Uh, Are you yeah, looking for the wife? <laughs> I'm looking for something. Everybody back. This is gonna be a really messy. Podcast today, guys. I'm so sorry. Oh boy. So he's left me twice. So we can see how this is going to go. But he will be back. Um, And um, he will be back. Uh, So here he comes back again. Zombie number two. (laughs) I'm so sorry. this is all happening so fast. So fast? Yeah. We haven't really even got into it yet, Aaron. I know. What's happening so fast over there? A lot. Um, it does involve corn. No, <laughs> fine. Um, but no. Uh, anyway, so we were saying it's not a slash. Stephen King has his own subgenre uh, in the horror. I, I can agree with that. I think that... Uh, Stephen King horror is its own little category that uh, that you know that lends itself to bits and pieces of other categories, slashers, werewolves, zombies, whatever else. But in itself, it's, it doesn't have to play by those rules because it's its own thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I can agree with that. Yeah. I'm happy that you can agree. I'm I'm happy that you agree that I can agree. I'm worried about you today. It's been an off day, I tell you. I'm hearing noises. You look very paranoid right now. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) A lot is going on. A lot lot apparently is going on. But but yeah, let's get back to this uh, film at hand. Uh, So after the murders of the parents... um, we creep into some good old-fashioned uh, weirdness with uh, Linda Hamilton and this other guy. Uh, yeah. uh, is he a doctor? Yeah, some sort okay. of doc- doctor. Yeah, I was wondering about that. And they like, I guess they're moving somewhere else, right? Yeah, to they're moving. Practice? Yeah, somewhere in Nebraska. I heard somebody put a review out said uh, 
Linda Hamilton was probably smoking just two packs of cigarettes a day at this point. Uh, because, like, her voice in uh, Dark Fate, clearly cigarettes has really affected her at that point in her career. <laughs> she loves him. She loves him cancer six. So what can I say? Um, but, yeah, so Linda Hamilton is in this film. Peter Horton, I thought he was fairly, Bert, I thought he's kind of, to me, forgettable. It was more about the children than it was the adults. But Linda was, Linda wasn't really all that strong either in this film. You know what I'm saying? I don't think so. You don't or you do? I, I, I thought she was strong. But I think it's more about the kids. Uh, I think it's more about Malachi and Isaac, their performances. As Isaac, was he a grown man? I mean, yeah. Jesus, he, he looked like a, was he just a midget? Yeah. I mean, well, a little I person? I wouldn't say midget. But he's a person. short person. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> a, a short person. I remember him from uh, Adam's family. Uh, but yeah, I, I was wondering about that because, uh, like, his features, his facial features, I always thought was odd. I always thought that he looked older than everybody else. He didn't feel like he was a kid. Yeah. Um, and that's because he, I guess, wasn't a kid at that point. He was, he was like, uh, he was twenty-four. Gary, Gary Coleman. He was twenty-four. Yeah. Wow. Gary um, Coleman. Gary Coleman. He played a child for like years, even well past he was. This man was in his twenties, probably had children of his own. He's still playing like an eight-year-old. But you know, uh, because he had that, uh, that you know. He's just short. He's short in stature. What can I say? God rest his soul. But um, <laughs> Jilla White, still, not Jilla White. What's the other guy? What's the guy that played Webster? Is he still living? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Is Webster still alive? I wonder. I'm sorry. I don't know if he is or not. We talked about ch- children actors. I apologize. But Isaac and Malachi, those are the main two people. Malachi, of course. Uh, we know him from. Uh, I know him mainly as uh, one of the uh, Clopex from uh, the Burbs. He's like the son of the Clopex. Um, yeah, I know him mainly from uh, "Can't Buy Me Love." He plays uh, Patrick Dempsey's uh, best friend. Oh, really? Yeah. He actually had a, a non-horror related role. I didn't know this. Yes, he he did. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Oh, I didn't know this. I didn't, I, I didn't know this. I just know him as that guy. Oh, he's also in another horror movie. He's in Candy Corn. He plays the sheriff in Candy Corn, uh, which is not a good movie. He's also in Back to the Future. I never noticed him in Back to the Future. Who, who is he in Back to the Future? I don't know. Dixon. Man. Who is uh, Dixon? Maybe he's in 1955. 1955. 1955. That sounds right. Um. Anyway, going off the rails. Reel me back in there. Reel me back in there, Brandon. Come on. Okay, so back to the Children of the Corn movie, which is what we're reviewing, (laughs) and not everything else this guy did. Okay, so. (laughs) 
Aaron is off his game today, so. Hey, man, I got hit with some stuff that happened here at my house, like, overnight, and I've not bounced back. And so, I'm, uh, it'd, be, it'd be cool. It's just craziness. But I'm cool. Okay. I'm sorry for your craziness that hit yeah. you last night. Um, but it, it involves, hopefully, it's not serious craziness. Well, it's not for you two to know. So, we'll yeah. <laughs> There you go. Okay, so I'm going to get to why I like this movie. Okay. Um, and here's here's the reason why I like this movie. I like this movie because of the kids. That Stephen King took something where I think maybe he got some inspiration from uh, Manson or even Jim Jones, you know, poisoning the minds of the sheep that follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but instead of doing it like with adults, he took something that was sacred and innocent in kids and you know, make, turned into monsters. They follow it, anything that Isaac says or Malachi says. So I found that truly sinister that he would take innocent, you know, kids and make them killers. And and I felt that way reading the short story a couple years ago. And if, even watching this movie, even though I don't think it's perfect by any means, I, I felt that way too, especially in the beginning, that opening scene, you know, how um, Isaac just points and Malachi says, you know, he points to lock that door, and yeah. I just thought it was That's, truly sinister. Yeah, I agree. I think that that uh, scene, the opening deli diner scene, uh, was very sinister. It was very, uh, like, it's unnatural for uh, murders, unnatural, period. Yeah. But it's unnatural for children to murder adults and their parents and things like that, and in such ways where there's poison in the coffee and stabbing them they and they already had weapons hidden underneath the uh arcade games um it's just it was crazy and uh and this kid seeing everything happen but can do nothing about it it was it was it was it was uh yeah it's very sinister as you said i agree <laughs> and sinister huh? it uh <laughs> it kind of goes into like that category as well so it i, I would argue and say that there be no like sinister type of films that deal with stuff like that. If it wasn't for like this film first, Stephen yeah. King's it definitely on, like, has inspired many films to use kids as you know prop as a killer or you know a sinister cult following. Uh, but yeah, I, it's not perfect. I, I would never say it's perfect. The ending is crazy and chaotic. It's so it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. that ending and it's so far from what the source material is uh but the two people the couple is is so off from the source material as well they're yeah, not well, a happy I, couple in the story yeah i was gonna ask you that so you being you reading the source material uh can you explain to us the differences between like uh, like some of them the main difference is they're not happy they're always arguing they're a couple that's on the brinks of uh departure <laughs> The you know they're on the brinks of uh, breaking up. I'm not sure if they were married or not. In this, I'm sure they wasn't, because in yeah, I don't think they were. But you know, and that's one of the problems Stephen King had with this story is the couple. You know, they didn't they didn't follow the source materials. I agree with him on that. But um, also another thought was Malachi was turning 18 towards the end of the story, and he was going to be sacrificed. And they told that in the remake of the movie, but not in this this one. So, uh, mm. 
Yeah, so th those are some of the differences. The kids uh, are pretty much spot on, though. You know, they do whatever Malachi says. They do whatever Isaac preaches. And that's another thing I liked about it, that he actually believed, you know, what he was being given, being fed almost. Uh, you know, he Isaac believed it. And uh, fortunately, he wasn't following God, you know. And I, I like the one thing that, that Peter, I think, I think the actor's name's Peter said about the Bible. You're only preaching certain aspects of the Bible, not the whole thing. I like that little yeah, line in yeah. that movie. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I hated the ending. Uh, it was so rushed, uh, so far off the, the source material. But I don't know. I, I had fun with the movie, though. Uh, I know you didn't. <laughs> I read your letterbox <laughs> review. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no I, fun to uh, be had. Um, yeah, you, you I, felt uh, the pacing was off. Yeah, I did. I, uh, I really uh, – so I do remember – I guess this was my first time truly seeing the movie. Uh, as a kid, I remember watching the diner scene. Uh, I remember aspects of that, like seeing little bits of that. I remember little, I remember the hand going into like the meat grinder. I remember yeah. that scene. And then I remember the end with him uh, tied to the corn stop uh, cross, you know, and, uh, you know, I remember parts of that. I didn't remember the girl being in the backseat of the car. I didn't remember any of that. Uh, so I would I would say that I did I had this is my first time actually seeing a movie, uh, for real seeing a movie you know and I just wasn't there's was moments that I really enjoyed but then I thought I did feel the pacing was it was a bit off I thought the CGI that they used but it was early it was eighty four so that's forgivable but it was very ho hokey Terminator uh, had like, better CGI. Yeah, Terminator had better CGI. I'm talking about like the special effects. The special effects in this with the like the way that the like I love the the way that he walks behind the row. Uh, you can see him going through the corn rows and just like that, like almost like tremors, you know. Yeah, and it just kind of goes under the ground. I love that. That was great, and I think that they could have left it at something like that. But but then the moment that they added computer animation to it, yeah. Or, or, or it's not back then. It wasn't really so much computer animation as more as it was just taking the film and uh, adding color, like putting negatives and stuff like that. Just adding uh, stuff. That's what they did with Star Wars and stuff to kind of make lightsabers and stuff. It's just adding it to the frame of the films. Uh, but it just, I just, it looks pretty bad. It looks terrible. It, it doesn't worthy. hold up. Go ahead and say yeah. it was cringeworthy because it was. It was cringe. It was cringeworthy, but that aspect, ultimately, that aspect say, of the movie uh, took me out of it. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. agree, hundred percent on that. The, ultimately, though, like the movie isn't about the adults. The movie isn't about the the uh, bad uh, effects with that. The movie is about the children of the corn, the children of this cult. Uh, is about them and is is carried well by Malachi. Uh, yeah. Isaac and then Malachi, they both were very commanding, and I could see how kids will follow these follow these guys. And and Malachi seemed like a you know like a badass. He seemed like the guy that would really command respect. And then like when the adult comes in and slaps him down a bit, you know, it's like they're like, oh, he isn't that strong. He isn't that powerful. 
you know, it's like taking the people that you look at as like being mighty and big and breaking them down. And you're like, oh, man, they, they don't have as much power as I thought they had over me. And it's also why I said they're sheep, <laughs> because they easily followed him and they would easily leave him as, you know, as the movie ended. They they left. No Except fighting, that no one nothing. Girl, one girl, she, that one girl was so committed. Yeah, yeah, she was committed. So I give her that. Maybe they had a relationship. <laughs> and I love how um, Linda Hamilton like knocked her out with the car door, and then they, he's like, "Now what do we?" Like Bert was like, "What do we do with her now?" And Linda's like, "I don't know. We're just gonna leave her here. I don't care." <laughs> you know, she didn't say it like that, but that's what she's getting at. She's like, "I don't care what we do with her. It, she's not our responsibility." But uh, they took the two kids and adopt, I assume adopted them. Um, because you know their parents is dead, man. I don't, you know, it's crazy. Um, yeah. Of course, it's not legal to just take kids like it. But hey, okay, they, that's what they did. Um, that's what they the, did, Aaron. The one kid that played, um, uh, I want to say, what was his name Joseph? Um, the kid he looked like a very young. It's not him, but he, he looks like a very young uh, Corey Haim a, a little bit. You know, you know what I'm talking about. I don't know if that's yeah. his name, Joseph, the main kid, the main Joe. narrator, Joe. Yeah, yeah, Joe. Joe. Okay, yeah. He he looks like a very young uh, Corey Haim. That's who. That's who he put me in a mind of. And I was thinking, oh, this kid can go on. He was in Monster Squad. Uh, I knew I'd seen him in something else. Uh, but I thought, man, that, that kid, he looked like he would be one of those 80s teen idol type of people. But yeah. clearly he didn't do anything past 1990. But but it's hard for it's hard for a lot of them to do anything past 1990 or, or past that childhood stuff, you know. Uh, unless you unless it's a series like Children of the Corn, then you can have uh, uh, Isaac come back several times or whatever. I think comes back. Like I've seen maybe a couple of the ones in this series, uh, but ultimately, and I own a lot of them. Ultimately, I'm not a big fan of the Children of the Corn series. I feel like I'm not. Yeah, uh, like I saw this one when I was like 10 or 11. It creeped me out because it was kids doing this. Um, but I didn't see the whole series. I saw maybe I think up to part four. Um, they got worse and worse, so I, I stopped. <laughs> but re-watching this, I would at least like to see the sequel again, um, you know, see where the story went. Uh, it'd probably be a big mistake on my end if I did, but I would like to see where it went, uh, you know, see what happened to these kids. Because uh, mm -hmm. how it leaves with Isaac and what he transforms into, and he's not in the sequel, I don't think. So I don't know what happened after that night, you know, with these kids, it, the movie just kind of ends. There's no climb. I mean, there's no, you know, there's no ending. There's no real ending. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's another problem I have with the ending. Yeah, I agree. But, I think the ending is, uh, the ending was anticlimactic, you know, as far as yeah. like, um, you know, I don't know. Just, yeah, it just no, no real, you're, uh, you're right. I, I do compare it though in looking at it the second time I can see I, I think that uh, Stephen King and uh, Joe Hill's 
uh, tall in the tall grass. Uh, is it in the tall grass? I think into the tall grass. Into the tall grass. I can see that as almost a sequel to Children of the Corn in the sense of uh, it deals. It's, it's like Stephen King took his idea of Children of the Corn and kind of made it better with that with that movie. Uh, I, I agree. That and, and, and that movie is actually better. better. Yeah, it's a better film. And it deals with like the cult idea and uh, and the uh, and and weirdness in the isolated area really well. The first time I felt that way in Children of the Corn is when they got lost in the corn maze and when they're trying to drive to find a ta- the way out of you know out of town. Yeah, uh, I was like, man, it, I was like, okay, I'm getting vibes of Into the Tall Grass, and uh, even though this is this predates it, uh, I can see where he took the in, Into the Tall Grass and said, okay. Maybe I can make Children of the Corn, but make it a little bit better, and do this and and kind of build on just that little aspect of it, and um and it honestly I never thought I'd say this, but that film is a far superior film than this film, um but but then again Stephen King had more time to grow as an author, you know as an author, from the time from you know this came out to when that came out so. Yeah, I also think this, and you may disagree with me on this. It, it's just something that caught my eye when I was watching it yesterday. Uh, Midsummer, I think, used. Uh, I'm not sure if they got this idea from this or not, but you know, they sacrificed themselves at a certain age. You know, and uh, I was not 18 or nothing, but they still sacrificed themselves. And I thought the idea of sacrificing yourself at 18, I think it is, or maybe it's 19 for them. Um, that Midsummer does the same thing. They do it differently, but they do the same thing. And uh, also, when Linda Hamilton's on that cross uh, with that, you know, the thorn on, on her head. Uh, obviously, I think of Jesus, but I also think of Midsummer too. When she's they're dressing her up and all that, uh, it just it just made me think of of uh, Midsummer a little bit. But do you think uh, it's not they possibly got that idea from Children of the Corn that sacrificing their own? Yeah, I'd say that they could. I think that it all kind of comes. Uh, I think sacrifice your own all kind of comes from uh, Shirley Jackson uh, and her. Uh, I just looked it up because I knew that that's what it kind of remind me of Shirley Jackson's The Lottery. Have you ever, have you read that? I have not. Uh, it's a it's a it's about a small town who has. Uh, it was it came out in nineteen uh, nineteen forty eight, but it's about a small town who every so many years or something, I might get it wrong, guys. I apologize. I don't completely remember it, but they have a uh, lottery. And essentially, if you are chosen in the lottery, you're chosen to be stoned and killed. That's how they keep the population down in mm-hmm. town. And uh, and uh, it reminds me of um, Midsummer. It reminds me of Children of Corn uh, in that aspect because. And then also, I say Wicker Man. It reminds me of Wicker Man. It kind of has the same type of uh, idea. I got a lot of Wicker Man vibes with uh, Midsummer too. But um, yeah, I think that it's. I think that it's a. It's a scary. I think it's one of the scariest stories. Shirley Jackson is a great writer. She also did uh, Haunting of Hill House. So she she's all about in the uh, turning of the screw. I think. Um, she she kind of is in that world. She's like yeah. probably she's probably Stephen's inspiration for a lot of stuff. 
but uh, yeah, the the lottery or the idea of just being able to, when you get to a certain age, you peaked and there's nothing else for you to ha- to happen for you but to, di- to but to die is a it's a crazy idea. No matter how much you you uh, contributed to society, you could have been their doctor, you could have been their lawyer, you could have been this, you could have been that. But it's time to to do this. Um, it's it's crazy. Yeah, I, I agree. That is crazy. Uh, but yeah, I, I was just you know when I was watching this list yesterday, I was saying sacrifice. I I forget his name. Uh, you know, he wished he wouldn't have been sacrificed when it happened. He was all for it before leading up to it. But um, I was just thinking how crazy that that idea is to sacrifice your own. Uh, like, okay, you're you're living till you're about eighteen, unless you're going to start having babies with each other. You know, how are you going to survive? Yeah, they really didn't think this thing through. Uh, <laughs> and uh, also another another aspect too is. Uh, like so, that one kid that was trying to flee, uh, and he was murdered. I guess he's murdered because he's trying to get out. He's trying to flee and notify notify somebody else. I'm not yeah. sure. Uh, and that gnarly, like car, like Stephen King kills children in his movies. Yes, he does, and he has <laughs> he rats. Not, yeah, there was a rat in this movie, and I didn't, I didn't like it. <laughs> there was a rat in the diner. It was. I didn't like that either. No, uh, I would have been out. But um, yeah, it just uh, that. And then also, there's that old gas station attendant um, who I guess they had something worked out where you supplies with fuel or oil or whatever else, and we'll let you live. And uh, and then Malachi took it on his on, on, you know, to murder the guy. Yeah. Uh, and and Isaac didn't like that. Isaac's like, man, you are woken in my authority and you can see kind of where Malachi wanted to be the leader and not wanted to be satisfied with being number two he wanted to be number one um and maybe it stemmed from Malachi's own age about to be 18 he feels like I could still live if I am the leader maybe I don't know if that's the I mean it could be what it is it's just me analyzing it yeah they just didn't explore that uh he didn't want to sacrifice himself. Uh, he was kind of forced to in, in the story. So, uh, you know, but, uh, yeah, he, you know, it didn't make a lot of, it don't make a lot of sense anyway, why they would leave the gas attendant alive if only children are supposed to be living in their eyes. So, I mean, but then again, they're playing by their own rules. <laughs> so, Clearly. I mean, they would not like, like, like by the time everybody hits eighteen, like who's gonna sacrifice the last eighteen year old? Who's gonna do it? You know, like yeah. literally, you're not thinking this thing through, uh, and uh, it's not gonna last. But yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It's it's funny. To, it's not funny, but it's interesting to see Stephen King's and his adaptations uh, progression um, from then. I would say Carrie. Carrie was his first one. Um, and then I would say this would probably be number two, right? And then after this, uh, no, Bullet, Shining came before this. Shining came, yeah, Shining came in eighty. Uh, so when Carrie Shining, uh, maybe uh, maybe, maybe Christine. I think that was eighty three. I 
I'm not 100 sure on that, but I want to say. I it think was. that was I think it was next because this is '84, um, but it's just crazy to see how his um, movies, uh, his adaptations, has kind of sh- uh, shifted. Yeah, '83, yeah. '83. So uh, yeah, I mean, this isn't the best Stephen King adaptation. Oh, I haven't read the source materials. So I can't really speak on that, uh, but as far as like entertaining, it's not the most entertaining Stephen King film, but uh, for me, in my opinion, but it did have great aspects and creepy aspects that, uh, that, you know, lingers. Like, like I remember the, like I said, the grinder thing. I remember that. Uh, and when I seen it again, it's like, uh, it's like smelling something and you remember something, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like when I seen it, I immediately remember, Oh, I've seen that part. You know, I remember that. You know, yeah. um, even though they they don't show it to you, just in my mind, I saw it. I saw it, it all happen, but they don't show you. They'll show it, and that's wonderful. Uh, it's it's like Jaws. They don't show you too much, and but yeah, it's wonderful. Uh, but this is I'm not comparing this to Jaws. Jaws is a masterpiece. No, this, um, is, this isn't Jaws. <laughs> this isn't close. Uh, but for I think the reason I like it like I do is because of the storytelling and maybe that's more so for the book uh, or the short story. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like they did a good job of making these kids really creepy, especially Isaac. Uh, he, he was just really creepy. Malachi was just out for blood. Uh, he just wanted to murder anything in sight that, you know, he, he, he was like more like a serial killer, you know, but not a smart one. <laughs> every time, every time Isaac was like, he who walks behind the row. I'm like, oh, this guy. And just like, just like, just his face, man. Yeah. Like, I'm like, at first I'm like, does he have dirt on his face? No, that's just how his face looks. <laughs> it's just how Aaron's he Aaron's taking shots at a guy's face from over 30 years ago. But it's all right, Aaron. It's, it's okay. Take a shot. I mean, he, can't, he can't whoop me. But I don't know. Maybe he, he can. can. I don't know. I don't know this guy. He walked behind a row. I never walked behind a row. But, I wouldn't um, want to meet him in the cornfield, though. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, and it's funny, and you mentioned that, and it's great that you mentioned that, that the fact that this movie, that has lingered from that time to now, is that when I see cornfields, I immediately think of Children of the Corn. Yes. Uh, and so that's that's kind of what this film did for us you know we will ne- we'll never disassociate cornfields with children of the corn you know what i'm saying yeah i do ever since i've seen this movie uh cornfield has always reminded me of this movie children of the corn even if i forgot most of the movie which i did mm-hmm. but when i see a cornfield i think well there must be especially when i was a kid i thought well there must be children in those corn i'm not going in a cornfield i was scared of cornfields after watching this movie in 1990 91 uh that's when i first saw it um uh, I think in the early nineties, but yeah, I was terrified of cornfields. This movie frightened me of cornfields. So and, and, and rightfully so. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I guess is there any final thoughts you have before we give our marks? Uh, um, I will say I, I like the look of the town after the adults show up. Uh, Linda Hamilton and Peter something show up because it, it looks like it's abandoned you know it looks 
It looks dirty, filthy, you know. Yeah. So I like that. It looked like an abandoned town. Yeah, and that was something I wanted to mention too real quick. Uh, you can tell the lack of parents there and the impact it is on has on the children. Uh, like they are all dirty. Yeah. None of them are clean. There's no adults selling them to bathe. There's no adults selling them to eat properly. Uh, so there is, uh, you know, and then like uh, Isaac is strict. You know, you can't have a record player. You can't have this. You can't have that. You know, so you can tell you can tell how it is a bad idea for kids to run run a town. Yes. <laughs> you know, and, and it reminded me of almost uh, it put me in the mind when I seen that. It put me in the mind of uh, Peter Pan and, or Hook. You know, in the sense of how that's uh, Neverland is a place where children pretty much run the run have the run of the mill. And uh, and but it's not appropriate because they don't properly eat or they don't properly bathe or anything like that. Because you know, no matter how fun it must be as a child to just do whatever you want to do, you're gonna need some type of structure. That's what Kevin McAllister learned in Home Alone. Is that 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 uh, you gotta have structure. At first, he was wilding out, eating what he wants to eat, watch what he wants to watch jumping on the bed, making a mess. Eventually, he started saying, okay, well, I can't do this all the time. I got to actually be uh, take responsibility. And uh, these kids don't take responsibility because they have no one other than Isaac, who is just a big kid himself, you know, telling them what to do. Well, he's talking, to dark, talking to dark forces, though. <laughs> I'm yeah. not even – was that, in your opinion – at the end of this movie, uh, the thing that he's talking to, and do you think it, it's it's supposed to be the devil uh, or some demon? Uh, what was your take on that? Uh, I would say it pro- it's probably some type of demon or force or entity. I don't think it's the devil. Or it could be. I don't know. Um, I, I, I didn't like the look of the he walked behind a row when he comes possessing Isaac. I didn't like that look of it, you know. Um, I don't know. Just I kind of would have loved for it to have been bullcrap. I, I kind of love the idea of them doing everything and then they realize we were wrong. This is not real. Yeah. But uh, but that's not what you got. You got, like, no, he's real, you know, and uh, – and you got to destroy the cornfield, you know. And it's a lot of corn to destroy. <laughs> it is a lot of corn. I mean, I'm thinking I'm thinking uh, about essential stuff, man. You, you need corn, brother. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the movie yeah, just... as a kid, though, uh, this, made, this movie made me afraid, like I said, cornfields, but it made me afraid to eat corn as well. Uh, this movie stuck with me, okay? <laughs> this movie stuck with me. What? It was, yeah, movies can do that. Like, and, and that's a testament to its lasting effect, I guess. Um, so, yeah, it, and it has stuck with me for better or for worse. It has stuck with me. Like, I will, I will always think about, when I think about little, uh, like, Amish-looking kids, I immediately think of Isaac and Malachi. It's just, you know, you know they're not Amish, but, you know, just that's what they put me in mind of. But um, I don't know. 
it was it was yeah i'm ready for the marks all right go ahead give me your marks all right i'm gonna give it 2.5 out of five on the mark i meter um because i didn't really care for it too much but uh i can't deny the ability of isaac and malachi what they did in the movie uh to carry the film and they were very sinister and very creepy to the point of you know they, like they linger they i remember like when i see them i immediately associate them with children of the corn yeah i i give it a 3.5 on a mark out meter um for what you just mentioned uh i didn't mind the changes with the couple uh i thought it worked better for film uh they've done it both ways when they remade it like in 2009 uh they did it the right way it just wasn't they had no chemistry uh that could be an aspect too but uh i didn't mind that change i hated the ending the ending kills it for me getting a higher score uh but as you said, Malachi and Isaac carry this movie. They stole the show. Uh, when you think of Sinister Kids, I have to think of those two first because uh, those were the first Sinister Kids I saw in a cornfield. So it's left an impression on me through all these years. So, you know, I have love for it, but I, I will say it's not a perfect movie by any means. It's got its share of problems. But... I think one of the main reasons I like this movie is because of the storytelling about these kids and this corn and, uh, you know, gathering together, uh, preaching the false word, uh, getting people to follow them, kids to follow them and with these heinous crimes. And, you know, it's just, it's so sinister. It is. Yeah. I agree. I agree. But yeah. All right. Uh, well, next week, uh, is my pick and I was wanting to do although Elizabeth had uh, she didn't like me doing this but I wanted to do Haunting of Hill House binge, binge worthy which I don't know if y'all ready for it if not then I choose something else I'll just let you know then choose what know. you want Aaron choose what you want but will you watch it can you watch it yeah I'll get it alright Haunting I'll get of it Hill in. House all right, well, Haunting of Hill House next week. All right, 10 episodes. Binge-worthy. Binge-worthy. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> All right, well, Aaron Whitlow. Brandon Spivey. <laughs> we are the Mark Out Movie Podcasters. Thanks for marking out with us. Thank you.